You are a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ if you are born again. Isaiah 61.6 establishes that. But what are the three greatest ministry opportunities that God has put into your hands to perform? You will be amazed at the enormity of the value and the power of what rests upon your life. It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. If you are born again, you are a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as a division between ministry and laity. That's a man-made deceptive idea that paralyzes many Christians and prevents them from moving forward in what God's called you to do and what God's called you to be. Isaiah 61, 6 very clearly states that if God has given you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, if he's brought forth that transformation in your life, then the conclusion of the matter is men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall be named the priests of the Lord, Isaiah said, and men shall call you the ministers of our God. Why? Because you have a story to tell. God has brought you out of the destructive things of your past, and you understand how to bring deliverance to others. But if you are a minister, how do you fill that role in your day-to-day relationships with other people? Well, Isaiah leads to 1 Peter. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, the apostle said, as everyone has received a gift, minister it one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The word manifold means it manifests a variety of ways. I think one of the most crippling mental mindsets is thinking to be a quote-unquote minister, we have to speak in a pulpit, or we have to have some kind of visible leadership role in the body of Christ. But ministry goes on all day long as you meet people in your day-to-day endeavors, in the grocery store, on the street corner, in your job location. You're all the time ministering love of the Lord Jesus to others, the nature of God to others, the word of the Lord in subtle and blatant ways, you're constantly ministering if you have a ministry mindset. But there is a unique expression of the word of God in you above and beyond what God does in everyone else. There's something unique he wants to do in you. Listen to the scripture again. As each one has received a gift, the gift of grace, the gift of God depositing grace in your heart and life. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. 
you do want to be a good steward. That means you are using to a maximum level the deposit of grace in your life to bring change in other people's lives. Now, let's get to something really powerful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul talks about how he is a minister of Christ, and the word Christ means anointed one. It's the Greek equivalent, Christos, of the Hebrew Mashiach, which is translated Messiah. That also means anointed one. And so Paul is a minister of the anointed one. You also are a minister of the anointed one. And Isaiah 10, 27 says, the anointing destroys the yoke. Listen, people all around you are yoked in different ways. It means they're enslaved to something that controls them mentally or emotionally. People are yoked to blatant sins like immorality or drunkenness or drug addiction, or they may be yoked to more subtle things like depression, self-condemnation, discouragement. And you've got to have the mindset, I'm a yoke breaker because I am a minister of the anointed one, a minister of Christ, a minister of the Messiah, and I have an anointing in my life that can destroy yokes in other people's lives. Now, on this podcast, I'm going to share with you the three greatest areas of ministry that God has deposited in you, and it all involves yoke breaking. It all involves bringing freedom into people's lives who are very bound. You are valuable. You are valuable. Quit underestimating your value to the purposes of God and the plan of God. You are a world changer. You are a history maker. You are a threat to the devil. You are definitely light in the midst of a very dark world. Now, when Paul gave us his letter to the Corinthians, the second letter to the Corinthians, he described the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament in a very unique way. And he said, God has made us able ministers of the New Testament or the New Covenant. And that's a banner that flies over your life too. You are an able minister of the New Covenant. That means you have a story to tell that is different than just commandments from the Old Testament era. Those are an important part of our foundation, but God has given you a more excellent ministry. The Bible talks about how Jesus has a more excellent ministry, and you have inherited that. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. And first, let me say this is referencing a really amazing event that is described in Exodus chapter 34. That's where Moses came down from Mount Sinai the second time. He'd already been up there once and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he came down. And the people were indulging in idolatry. He broke the stony tablets at the base of the mountain, and God told him to go back up. And this time he carried stony tablets with him, and God gave him the Ten Commandments again. And he chiseled them into those tablets of stone. 
And that's a total of 80 days of fasting altogether. And when he came down from the mountain, his face shone so brightly, the children of Israel could not fix their eyes on him or it would blind them. Now, can you imagine how bright the glory of God was emanating from Moses when he received the commandments? And the commandments are described in a very unique way in Paul's writings and kind of a negative way. You'll see the contrast between what Moses received and what you have received. Now listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, referencing that event. If the ministry of death, having been engraved in letters in stone, was with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, which was being done away, because the old covenant has now been fulfilled and set aside. We're in a new covenant era. All right. Shall not the ministry of the Spirit be with more glory? For if the ministry of condemnation is glorious, much more does the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. In other words, the old covenant way of doing things has no glory compared to the new covenant way. We've seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, who was God incarnate in this world. That is so far superior to what Moses gave us because of the glory that excels. For if that which has been done away was glorious much more. Can I repeat those two words? Much more. Let me say it again. Much more. That which remains is glorious. Now, in that passage of Scripture, Paul refers to the law as the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation. Now, that does not take away from the fact that the law was righteous. The law was holy. The law was good. And it gave people moral parameters within which they could live and be safe from the corruptive elements of this world. But it did not change them internally. It did not transform them supernaturally. They were still normal, fleshly human beings with an unregenerated spirit trying to live up to God's demands which would have been a much, much more difficult road to walk. And many did, and they're to be honored for it, but Jesus came to bring a better way. And that better way is the opportunity of being born again, where according to Ezekiel 36, God puts a new spirit in you. He puts his spirit in you, and he said, I will walk in them and cause them to walk in my statutes. And so God transforms you internally and gives you the capacity not only to obey his commandments, but to love his commandments and to love him with a love that is deeper than human love and to love his word in a way that it embraces every aspect of your life. The ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation were expressions or descriptions of the outcome of breaking the law. 
because there wasn't too much of an opportunity for mercy. You could get reconciled to God if you went to the tabernacle, offered up a sacrificial animal, but still the weight of guilt mentally and emotionally was there. There was no internal connection with God that brought freedom from the grief, really. It was just all external instead of internal. And that's why it was called the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation, because there were 613 commandments in the law. 365 were negative commandments. You shall not do something. And the scripture also says in Deuteronomy 27, 26, cursed is he that breaks even one of those commandments. Cursed is he that confirms not all the words of this law to do them. And so if you fulfilled 612 commandments and missed it in one point, you were under a curse. No wonder it's called the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation, because some of the commandments bore with them the the proclamation of execution, uh, capital punishment. If you transgressed in that area, if you committed adultery, you would be stoned. If you murdered someone, you would be murdered. There was no one on death row getting saved because a minister ministered the gospel to someone who had killed another human being. It was the ministry of death. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. It was the ministry of condemnation. But now, because of the cross, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the opportunity for redemption and for God to reach into your past and wipe it out of existence, wipe all that negativity and all that sin. He said, their sin and their iniquity, I will remember no more. It's as if it never was. That's what justification means. That is so far superior to what Moses offered, so much so that Paul called it the ministry of the Spirit and the ministry of righteousness. What does that mean? The ministry of the Spirit, and that's capital letter S, means your privilege, my privilege, your honor, my honor, is to minister to lost, broken people that feel worthless, that the Spirit of God can actually dwell in them, obliterate the sin of their past, and give them hope for the future. That's the ministry of the Spirit. And it's absolutely miraculous that you can take extremely corrupt and sinful people who choose to repent and in a moment's time minister righteousness to them. Not just in an ethereal sense, but not just in a theological sense that now you are righteous in the sight of God, but in an actual supernatural sense, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That's Jesus, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's not only an invisible status, that is a very tangible change of character. See, when the righteousness of Christ comes into you, you appear just as righteous in the sight of heaven as Jesus, the firstborn son. You inherit 
his righteousness. Romans 5.17 calls it the gift of righteousness. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. That's not something you do. It's something he does. He's the filler. You are the fillee. He fills you with his own righteousness. But again, that's not just some concept, some conceptual thing that is theological in essence. It's actual in its impact internally because it gives you not only a right standing with God, but a right mindset concerning how you should live. It changes you within. So you get this opportunity to minister the Spirit of God to people, to minister righteousness to people that are not worthy of it. And then that goes along with the third of the three greatest ministries that God has given you. And that's found in the same letter two chapters later. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to read five verses and then back up and share with you the most important one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us. Us is all-inclusive, not just apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The word reconciliation means restoration to a right relationship with God. Reconciliation means to be restored to a former peaceful and harmonious relationship with the creator of the universe. I have the ministry of reconciliation. How valuable is that? You have the ministry of reconciliation. How valuable is that? And then it goes on to say, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's another title resting on the people of God. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then the scripture I quoted a few minutes ago, for he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Phenomenal. So if you are a child of God, you are a minister I've established that. You have received the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of righteousness, and the ministry of reconciliation. Let me give you a real remarkable example of that. Many years ago, I had a witnessing team with me on Lexington Street in North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina. It was about 11 o'clock, 11.30 one night. We were witnessing to people outside the bars in the bar district there. It was a really rough part of town. And I won't tell the whole story, but a man came crawling out of one of the bars overdosing on drugs. And someone had told him there were, quote unquote, ministers out in the street. Well, we were all just former rockers, former drug addicts, former uh, yoga advocates like me, former hippies, former this and that, that had gotten saved. We had 
not been to Bible college. We just had a passion to win souls. This was way back in the beginning of my walk with God. And someone had told him there were ministers outside uh, that maybe could help him because he, he was shaking, he was trembling, he couldn't walk, he was, he was going into convulsions, he was frothing at the mouth, he crawled out of the bar on his hands and knees and looked up and could barely talk, but pushed the words out and said, help me, pray for me, I'm dying. And so we all gathered around him and laid hands on him and prayed the mercy of God into his life and commanded the demonic powers to leave his life and led him in a prayer of repentance, receiving Jesus into his life. And all of a sudden his eyes cleared up and he looked at us surprised, stunned. And he said, I'm not overdosing anymore. He said, I don't even feel high. And I feel this power in the air all around me. And I said, that's the sweet Holy Spirit. And if you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and be Lord of your life, then uh, that power you feel outside will come on the inside. And that's when he prayed the prayer of salvation, the prayer of repentance. And, And then he said, not only do I not feel high anymore, he, he, he said, I, I feel a joy like I've never had in my life. And then all of a sudden, this girl ran from across the road, and she had very little clothing on, a little pink halter top, hot pants. And she threw her arms around this guy and started weeping and said, oh, Jack, I'm so happy for you. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew God was in it. So I grabbed her hand and said, why don't you get what Jack just got? And she fell on her knees. I did not know she was a backslidden Church of God girl. She told me later on, I never planned on being a prostitute. I never planned on being a heroin addict. I started out just smoking cigarettes with my friends, and that led to smoking pot, that led to pills, that led to acid, that led to heroin. And before long, I have to sell my body on the streets of Asheville to get my fix every day. So she had a really messed up, broken, demon-infested life. She prayed through. She prayed through. She sought God. The grace of God came to her. She was a changed woman. And all of a sudden, she cut loose singing Amazing Grace. It attracted people from all over the street. And before the night was over, dozens of people were getting saved. And even a backslid Baptist preacher came back to the Lord. What I want to share with you, though, is that night I had the supreme privilege and blessing of leading two really broken people, a drug addict and a prostitute, to this place where they could receive the Spirit of God and be made righteous. Suddenly, in a moment's time, by the washing of the blood of Jesus, they were made righteous in the sight of heaven. What a valuable thing it is to have the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of righteousness, and the ministry of reconciliation, because those two people, as well as dozens of others that night, were reconciled to God, and their lives changed dramatically. You have that ministry. Why don't you go flow in it today and make sure that somebody's life is changed? And listen, we want to stay in touch with you. So go to our website, shreveministries.org, fill in your information on the contact page, And get on our email list, and you'll know whenever another podcast is being put out and what the subject matter is, 
And I've got a second podcast every week called Revealing the True Light. And I deal with comparative religion issues on that podcast. And you ought to visit our other website too, thetruelight.net, where we post articles and interviews and also podcasts on comparative religious issues. So we want to be a blessing to you. Go forth and change your world. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shreve, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.